0: Can the Nashville Predators still make the playoffs with a couple of games still in hand? We will talk about that and much more in today's episode, of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. I am Brett Holden, part of Locked On Oilers. And joining me, as always, on Tuesdays is Dane Lewis from Locked On Stars. Dane, how you doing this Tuesday?
1: I'm doing great. It's good to be back. I know I missed out last week, and but uh, you know I'm back now and we're here to, to talk about the playoff race with about a month left in the season, so I'm, I'm excited.
0: Playoffs? we're talking playoffs yes we're talking a whole lot of playoffs here on locked on nhl today first off we're going to start off with the nashville predators who are still in the playoff race coming down the stretch here in the uh western conference trying to fight for that final wild card spot but could they do it despite all of the players they moved at the deadline. We will talk about that in just a second. But also on today's episode, the Minnesota Wild have been going on a little bit of a run recently, staying on or in that third spot in the Central Division. But they've been doing it over the last week without one of the best scorers in the NHL, in Kirill Kaprizov. How are they? staying so hot without their best player. We will talk about that as well. And we will wrap up today's episode with a little conversation in the Pacific with the Pacific's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. They have been in a playoff spot all year but are now in a wild card spot. Is there a little bit of cause for concern in Seattle? We will talk about all that and much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Thank you making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. All righty. Dane, the Nashville Predators at the trade deadline. They traded Matias Ekholm. They traded Tanner Janot in one of the weirdest trades ever. Yes, (laughs) One, two, three, four, five. Weird, right? (laughs) Uh, And then uh, they lost Nino Niederreiter as well, but still as we are speaking, they are only a couple of points out of a playoff spot. If my quick math is right, it they are uh, five points out of a playoff spot behind the Winnipeg Jets. And they do have games in hand. Dane, let's start off with the overbearing question. Do you think that the Nashville Predators can make a push? Not necessarily make the playoffs, but make it to the end of the season fighting for that playoff spot.
1: I think they certainly can make a push. Uh, Obviously, they've shown that they're still fighting and they're still gunning for one of those wildcard spots. But it's going to be easier said than done, and they can only control what they can control, which is their side of the schedule. And I'm looking at you know Tankathon's strength of schedule, which, of course, is the end-all, be-all for everything that is accurate. But they have, according to Tankathon, the number one remaining strength of schedule with games against Boston, Carolina, Toronto, Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and those are considered the tough opponents they also have one more game against Pittsburgh and Winnipeg which I would consider to be relatively difficult opponents but I guess Tankathon thinks otherwise (laughs) that makes me skeptical the day-to-day injury to Roman Yossi Mm -hmm. also makes me a little skeptical Uh, just a couple of days ago it's announced that he's day-to-day with an upper body injury but I mean regardless they're still in a spot and they obviously still have guys that are wanting to compete on this roster and get back Uh, to the the Stanley Cup playoffs, because once you get in there, anything can happen. It's just going to be a pretty tough uphill battle, but they do also have that advantage of games in hand up against teams like Seattle, uh, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, who maybe are starting to slide a little bit, and Winnipeg, who's also been uh, on a pretty steep decline over the past month or so. So I I think Nashville certainly has a chance, given games in hand, and, and they've shown that even after the trade deadline, they still have some fight left in them, but there's also a lot of odds stacked against them, such as injuries and remaining opponents.
0: Well, and you mentioned, I think, the Winnipeg Jets, and they have not been fantastic, as you mentioned. I'm curious how, A, far this slide could go, but also, B, if they were to make the playoffs... How quick are they going to be in there? How long are they going to be in the playoffs for the Winnipeg Jets? When I take a look at this Nashville Predators team, I think they're a team who can easily surprise a lot of players, surprise a lot of people, surprise a lot of teams, and really sneak up on some of the best teams here in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially sliding into uh, maybe a Vegas Golden Knights, who will be as of right now, the top of the Pacific Division and who they would face off against. But again, a team that they played in the Vegas Golden Knights first ever playoff run. That was exciting. They have a little bit of history. And I think Vegas could bite the bullet against a team like the uh, Nashville Predators and kind of fall. The other thing is, is that especially in the Matthias Ekholm deal, they got a pretty good return. They got a guy in Tyson Berry who over the last three years has been a part of the best NHL uh, power play. And this year they're on pace to potentially break the pe- power play record. He is somebody who can sit there and be stable with the puck. So if Roman Yosi is out for an extended period of time right now, it is only day to day. And that is uh, good if you're a Nashville Predators fan, but you still have players like, Uh, Tyson Berry, that can certainly help this team. I think their biggest strength, however, is in the net. UC Soros is one of the best goaltenders. This isn't a revelation either. Everybody knows UC Soros is a fantastic goaltender, but in the playoffs, you need goaltending. And if you are the Nashville Predators or if you're the opponent of the Nashville Predators going into a series against them, are you losing the goalie battle, I guess, almost nine times out of ten? Or, or how do you feel about uh, their whole goalie situation? Could they take them on a run here?
1: Yeah, I think UC Soros and even, you know, Kevin Lincoln as well deserves some credit for keeping the, the Predators in the race for the playoffs this season. Because if you look at their scoring, it's just not super well developed, I guess. I mean, they have Roman Yossi, who's leading the team. But now he's out. Philip Forsberg has missed extended time. And so you're really leaning on guys like Matt Duchesne, uh, Tommy Novak, good players. But are those guys really going to be the driving force in the playoffs? I don't necessarily think so. And you even look at last year and, and how many people said, well, if you know, if, uh, UC Saros gets to play in that round one series against Colorado, Colorado still wins that series. But it's maybe five or six games instead of that four game sweep where it was just utter domination from the avalanche. And I, that goes to show how much goaltending can make a difference mm-hmm. in the postseason. So I, I think if they can get there, I mean, it's not going to be an easy out because one, these guys are going to be excited to be in the postseason and they're going to play hard like they've been doing all season. But also they're going to get what I imagine is some pretty solid goaltending. And it's going to be easier said than done to you know, dismantle a team, likely the Vegas Golden Knights in round one. but. I mean, I, I know that pretty much everyone in America that's not a Golden Knights fan would be cheering on the <laughs> Predators. So may, they're, they're maybe having all of the eyes on the nation upon them helps, but it's a tricky situation for sure. But I mean, even myself, as someone who covers the stars, can attest goaltending can, can make all the difference in a postseason series. The stars mm-hmm. are nowhere near winning that series against the Flames last season in the playoffs if Jake Ottinger is not as good as he was. So it it really can make a difference and can win series or lose series for a team.
0: Seattle Kraken currently hold the uh first wild card spot. The Winnipeg Jets hold the second. Uh Seattle has 83 points, Winnipeg with 81. Calgary in 71 games has 77 points and the Nashville Predators at 76 with 68 games played now. To wrap up on the Nashville Predators here, I think we should also preface this all with they are on a three-game losing streak as we speak. Chicago, which is a very bad loss, a 2-1 loss there, a 3-2 overtime loss to a team they're trying to gain traction to on the uh, Winnipeg Jets and a horrendous 7-0 loss to the New York Rangers. They head into Buffalo tonight. What do they need to do? Because I this is probably or potentially their make or break game to uh, uh yeah tonight against the Buffalo Sabers. What do they need to do against a very good Buffalo Sabers team to ensure not only that they stay in the race but win the game in general here Uh against, again that you want to go down the list of Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahle. <laughs> like it's a good team in Buffalo. This is Definitely. a big task for them.
1: Absolutely. It's the Sabres are no longer an easy out on the schedule and I mean they just have to outscore them which is much easier said than done, but we talk about goaltending making the difference for the Predators. Goaltending has really been, you know, the the downfall of the Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. uh, this season. And so if you can find a way to outscore them on their home ice, which the the Sabres, I don't know what the record is now, but a few weeks ago when Dallas was there I looked, their home record is below 500 they are not good on home ice so this is actually i I think a great opportunity for a bounce back for the Nashville predators because that 7-0 loss at madison square garden i I mean that's that's a brutal loss to take especially after i mean that's the day after losing an overtime at home to the winnipeg jets so they've now had time to reset and you i mean if you're yeah nashville this is kind of you don't want to say do or die make or break but given the upcoming schedule over the next week twice against seattle toronto boston pittsburgh I mean, you've got to find a way to get two points in this game for sure. If you want to realistically stay in that race for one of the wild card spots.
0: Locked on Predators, you're going to have a pretty interesting show to talk about yeah. tomorrow. And, that is, And great. even
1: if even if they don't make the playoffs, I was looking at their cap friendly. They have 13 draft picks in this year's draft. Oh. So it, they're they're. I think they're going to be OK. But if also if they make the playoffs, that'd be great for them. They get to make the postseason and. 13 picks, including two first-rounders, three third-rounders, three fourth-rounders. Not too bad. Not too bad.
0: (laughs) That's called mortgaging the future. Absolutely. Especially considering David Poyle will be leaving the team at the end of the year. So, he's leaving them off with a little bit of soil, I guess, in the garden. All righty, let's move on to another Central Division team in the Minnesota Wild who has really gained traction in the back half of this season, sitting third place in the Central Division. But a couple of weeks ago, they lost their best player in Kirill Kaprizov. Either way, they've still been playing well and keeping hold of that Central Division title, or Central Division uh, playoff spot, I should say. But are we talking about the Minnesota Wild enough we will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and it now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Dane, how's your bracket doing?
1: Oh, it's not good. I had Arizona uh, winning the national championship. They lost to Princeton. So I wasn't necessarily the smartest in school. So smart people, again, just ruining my life in some ways.
0: <laughs> This seems more like a personal attack, Prince. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I hear it. My three of my final four are out. It's a good thing I'm I'm a UCLA guy because it has been uh, abysmal looking at that bracket. But <laughs> you know, there's still been fantastic games. Fantastic lines plus FanDuel even lets you combine some of those lines for and your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Alrighty, Dane, the Minnesota Wild. We talked about where the uh, Nashville Predators are starting to fight from, but that is the same position that in the first half of the season the Minnesota Wild were in. We uh, getting into the season, the Minnesota Wild were. One of my question marks around the year, and then they started to, off not so hot. Now they're sitting pretty comfortably in that third position with 88 points. It will be a very, very, very long uh, fight from Nashville, and the uh, Winnipeg Jets are seven points back. At one point, we're fighting for the top of the Central Division, but the Minnesota Wild have done it quietly, and they just have lost... Kirill Kaprizov to one of the dumbest things I've ever seen Logan Stanley do, which is a pretty, pretty tough task for Logan Stanley, but <laughs> the Minnesota wild are still winning. They are still holding down that spot. What has impressed you the most with the Minnesota wild over the last, uh, since basically the all-star break here for you, Dane.
1: Yeah, for me, it's the, the fact that it's been multiple guys stepping up with Kaprizov in, but also now with Kaprizov injured here, I'm reading an article that came out yesterday saying that since he's been injured or at least over the past five outings for the wild, they've had 14 different players score goals and they're averaging uh, around, I think like 4.8 goals a game. So nearly five goals a game, like their offense hasn't missed a beat. And of course it was doing fine with Kaprizov in, obviously he's one of the best young scorers in the game, but it's the depth stepping up and kind of taking on that next-man mentality of Matt Succarello, Joel Eriksson-Eck, uh, Ryan Hartman. And of, and I even got to to watch, I guess that was last Wednesday when they played the Blues on TNT, and they were even hinting that Kirill Kaprizov's recovery could be a little bit faster than maybe anticipated, and he, and he could be back sooner rather than later. I still haven't seen an exact timeline on his return, but th- this team is starting to click at the right time and starting to kind of find that, chemistry that you look back to the start of the season they lost how many of their first games like three or four games in a row really slow start out of the gate and it just kind of seemed like a a jumbled mess and they've now really come together post trade deadline and and they've got a really good team they added some very nice depth with John Klingberg, Oscar Sundquist, uh, Gustav Nyquist who hasn't even played yet but probably will get to play in the postseason this this is a good team and it's a scary team uh, with some veteran you know presence and guys like Klingberg uh Marc Andre Fleury who got robbed of getting to take down Jordan Bennington the other night but that's a different conversation for a different day and, and I mean even guys like Ryan Reeves I mean this guy this team just has they check all the boxes they have scoring they've got enforcers they've got physicality they've got defense goaltending they're, they're a pretty well balanced team and and certainly I mean obviously only one point out of the first place spot in the central division but I mean, it's not too unrealistic to think that they could win it over Dallas or Colorado, and I think it's going to be a tight race between those three teams here down, down the stretch in the last month of the season or so and Minnesota again it's just firing on all cylinders right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point too and and uh, we talked about the them anchoring in that that central division third spot but and uh, the Dallas Stars 89 points in 70 games, the Colorado Avalanche right now 88 points in 69 games and the Minnesota Wild 88 points in 70. Like it, it's a close division obviously as we have seen all year but we're seeing performances from players that that need to come out and perform. You mentioned as well Marc-Andre Fleury, who uh, almost became the people's champion. Uh, But, you know, you you have a full conglomerate there in the crease. They have a scary crease going on, especially with Philip Gustafson coming in and, and becoming the goaltender that people maybe not necessarily expected him to become, but it has been a fantastic compliment to Marc-Andre Fleury as well. Uh, Chris Johnston, he did a uh, a poll of all the NHL coaches or around the NHL. I believe he only got uh, responses from about 20. And uh, one vote was very interesting to me. Getting exactly one vote for a Norris Trophy winner this year was Jared Spurgeon. And you go on evolving hockey and and uh one of my favorite sites uh, and their pinned article is could Jared Spurgeon be the first analytical Hall of Famer. And I, I the reason why I bring that up is because Jared Spurgeon is the captain of that team. You mentioned the, the additions in, in Klingberg and Sundquist as well. And you have guys as well on that back end who, like Matt Dumba, who are fantastic hockey players. But still throughout, it has remained the constant of Jared Spurgeon. And Jared Spurgeon has quietly been one of the better defensemen, not only this year, but over the past five, ten years they have a sneaky good team and they have guys like Matthew Boldy who can go out there, had a hat trick the other night as well. Matt Zuccarello, you mentioned, this is a quiet team similar to the national predators that if they were to, well, not if they were, they're going to make the playoffs, but in the playoffs can really make some noise here. Uh, and right now they're flip-flopping between wins over the last couple of games, but that's they're still getting important wins. Wins against the Calgary Flames, three nothing. They lost the one nothing in a shootout against the Flames the next uh, the next game, and that was a very interesting game. Zero zero ended up having a goal called back in overtime because Spurgeon himself was offside, a whole deal. But still, basically a shutout going into the shootout. A win against the Jets, a big win against the uh, San Jose. And obviously that big 8-5 win against the uh Santa or the St. Louis Blues. But what that tells me is look at these lines: a 3-0 win, a 1-0 shootout loss, a 4-2 win, a 5-2 win, and an 8-5 win. They're in a whole bunch of different games. And they're finding ways to win those games. And that is how you not only win games, obviously, in the NHL, but that's how you go on to win series in the playoffs here. Sorry, Toronto, you might want to take a note. But this is a Western Conference. I don't know why I'm taking shots at the East. But do you think this team could make a real impact in the playoffs? And what do you think their realistic target can be in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think they, they definitely can make an impact once they're there. I, I feel like this team has a higher ceiling than last year's team. I think there was always that sense of, we knew last year's team was good, but there was kind of a limit to how far they could go. But now, again, you're they, of course, added at the trade deadline. I think they added some much-needed depth, but then you also have you know guys like Matt Boldy kind of contributing in his big first go-around with the team. Uh, Jared Spurgeon I agree a very underrated captain in this league and an underrated player with uh, a sneaky 30 points from a guy who's not necessarily known for his offense right now uh, I think they can make an impact and I feel like they're probably still going to end up in prob- I my guess is the second spot in the division or at mm-hmm. least the third uh, I feel like Dallas or Colorado and likely Colorado ends up running away with the division uh, with I mean, six game win streak and you look at Colorado's schedule, not too many good teams left on that, which is just favorable for them. But I think Minnesota is certainly going to be in the race and keep things very interesting. But even if they get that two spot, I think that that's important because then they get home ice advantage. And, and, you know, if they can get through that first round series, I think that that's going to do wonders for their confidence. And then they're they're really just going to be a little bit of a wild card throughout the rest of the tournament because that they're going to have the, the confidence of kind of overcoming a slow start to the season, overcoming some injuries, winning in the first round after not being able to do so last year. And they're a team, maybe not to the extent of Colorado. We say, oh, like you don't want to see Colorado on your schedule for the playoffs. But Minnesota's not too far out because, yeah, I mean, you talked about the goaltending. It's either Marc-Andre Fleury, who's one of the best goalies we've seen in the past, you know, several years, or Philip Gustafson, who is unreal I mean only allowing two goals a game a nine-two-nine save percentage I mean just an incredible turnaround from him coming over from Ottawa in the summer and, and there was a lot of question marks of if his game would actually improve or you know if he was just a, a product of Ottawa's poor defense and he, he's shut up a lot of the the doubters and the skeptics this season and of course the playoffs are a different animal but I think if you have the mentorship of Marc-Andre Fleury you're, you're probably going to be okay.
0: Philip Gustafson acquired by the uh, Minnesota Wild in that Cam Talbot deal. Mm-hmm. Not a bad acquisition if you ask me. All righty, let's wrap up today's episode with the NHL's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken have been playing pretty dang well this season. They're currently occupying that wild card spot. So we've been speaking about playoffs all episode. What are the expectations? Those Seattle Kraken, those brand new, beautiful jerseys. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try Bilt Bar. Listen, I know we're approaching April... So some of those New Year's resolutions that you may have been uh, still rearing their ugly heads going, hi, I'm still here, including eating healthier like me. You might be also doing that as well, but I am doing it without trying to sacrifice all the taste because taste to me is so dang important, but I've been able to attain healthy eating and actually good taste with built bar actually is a, actually healthy is actually tasty. excuse me. seriously, they are so delicious with uh, built bars. I don't understand how they do it. It is perfect for that New year's resolution that's still rearing its ugly head. But what makes built bars so good? Well, it's probably the fact that they use 100% real chocolate. yes. 100 real chocolate and they have so many undeniably delicious flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond it is unbelievable i don't know how built does it but these bars taste just like a candy bar all while maintaining amazing macros and it's even better with the fact that they are healthy 130 calories four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. It is delicious. It is healthy. It is all good for you. Plus, at your nearest Walmart, you can walk in to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a a four-bar box, cookies and cream. You can get double chocolate, coconut puffs. There are so many delicious flavors that you can try out with Built You. And thank me later. All righty, Dane. Let's wrap up today's episode with the NHL's newest uh, uh, organization, the Seattle Kraken. And the reason why I bring that up is right now, as we speak, the Seattle Kraken currently occupy the first wild card spot with eighty-three points. They've fallen back from the Edmonton Oilers, who now have eighty-three points or eighty-eight points, excuse me, sitting in that third spot in the Pacific Division, and only two spots away from second in the uh, wild card spot here. We talked about Nashville potentially catching up, but I'm not going to say that the Seattle Kraken are going to fall out of the playoff spot. In fact, far from the opposite, or exactly. The Seattle Kraken have been in a playoff spot all year. They have been a fantastic hockey team, quietly. The reason why I mention that is, could we see the newest expansion team versus the second newest expansion team in the first round of the playoffs? The Seattle Kraken, the Vegas Golden Knights. They've fallen off a little bit, not fallen off to the point where they're out of the playoffs or to the Winnipeg Jets' peril, but do you think we could see a, a new franchise versus a new franchise here in the first round of the playoffs?
1: I think we very well could. I mean, it's only a two point difference between Winnipeg and Seattle right now. Seattle has a couple games in hand, but I mean, there's still a long way to go. And so, I definitely wouldn't eliminate that from being possible. And if anything, it's I think it's something that fans should like low key root for and hope happens because then that could add to the you know fuel to the fire for the Winter Classic next season. People, you know, you have the the people that complain about the Winter Classic and say that it's not what it used to be or yada yada yada, but then you throw in you know, a potential seven-game series. I don't know if it would actually last seven games, but you get the idea. I think that that makes that product more intriguing. And so, I mean, even farther down the line, I think that that makes things interesting. But even just from a storyline perspective in the playoffs, it makes things interesting of the team that, you know, first year of their existence makes it to the Stanley Cup finals and then a team in their second year of existence, making it to the playoffs, which I think is pretty impressive. Even if Seattle has, you know, they've had this sort of fall from the top three in the division to likely finishing in a wild card spot. I still think if you're a Seattle Kraken fan, you are excited and you're, you're pleased with that because last year Seattle was not very good. It was almost the exact opposite of what we saw with Vegas a few seasons ago. So I, I think Seattle's in a good place. They're, they're obviously, I think, still learning and growing. They have some young pieces like, Matty Beniers, who I mean, some players that this is kind of their first go around or, you know, maybe not the first time being a key contributor on their respective team. But I mean, they're still trying to figure things out. A lot of these guys came from different teams. They're put together through the expansion draft. And then even, you know, a few trade pieces like Ellie in, who's been a really nice pickup for them. I think they're still kind of finding their way. Uh, they don't have a captain. So I'm, I know they have leaders on that team, but I think there's something to be said of there's not, at least in my mind, and maybe Kraken fans kind of have know who the guy is, but knowing, you know, these are our leaders on the team and they set the standard. But I, I think they're well on their way to being, you know, a team that's either in the playoffs every year or at least battling for a playoff spot year in and year out because they have some nice pieces. Uh, and And I think they're, you know, a, a few moves or maybe several moves away from really taking that next step and being a Western Western conference contender. But I don't think they have to be that this year. I think this year, the goal was to be playing meaningful games down the stretch of the season. That's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that, but you bring up a good point. The leadership might be a, a bit questionable. And I, I think that this was a similar conversation that was had when the golden Knights went on their run, but There's no clear leader in that locker room for me. They're they're also kind of a young team as well in certain aspects. I'm sitting here and they've now lost four of their last five games here. Losses to the Ottawa Senators, the Dallas Stars twice. Uh, They beat the San Jose Sharks in overtime and lost to the Oilers 6-4. to Their leading scorer is Vince Dunn who is having a fantastic year, but also has the longest scoring streak in the NHL this year, point getting streak this year. Sitting back here, and we, I'm starting to think now, could this kind of be a disaster in, in waiting here? Because you think about earlier in this episode, we were talking about the Nashville Predators. Can they make the playoffs? They're a pretty decent team, blah, 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 blah. But one of these teams are going to have to not make the playoffs in the same breath. The Winnipeg Jets or the Seattle Kraken are going to have to fall out of that wild card spot if a Nashville Predators do end up making the playoffs or making that playoff push. Losing four of their last five is not great. And their next couple of games aren't any easier. They play the Dallas Stars tonight. They play Nashville, who are chasing them twice in the next three games. The Minnesota Wild as well. And then right after that, the Los Angeles Kings, they play after playing the Anaheim Ducks. Like They have not a very easy schedule. And then to wrap up the season, they have two back-to-back against the Vegas Golden Knights. Those two games may be the two important or most important games of the year. But Thursday and Saturday, the Nashville Predators, both games, uh, both in Nashville as well. I I know we kind of pumped their tires a little bit here, but I'm starting to sit back here and go, this might be the start of a disaster for the Seattle Kraken. no am I am I I don't know Drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit here or is this maybe a potential start of something bad for the crap
1: there's certainly potential and I think this is a great opportunity for this team to find out who th- those leaders are you know I think we're both kind of on the same page of they're, they're not a team without direction and they're not a team without you know accountability and, and I think there is leadership in that room. Obviously they've taken huge steps this season, Mm -hmm. but this is a great opportunity for players to step up on and off the ice. I I know that you just read off that schedule. Things don't necessarily look great, but they're still very much alive. And, and, you know, I say all the time with locked on stars, you can only handle what's in front of you and that's your own schedule. Mm -hmm. And, And of course, sometimes those overlap, like the predators are chasing the Kraken. They're about to play each other twice over two days. So I mean, you, you have to go out and you have to play your schedule and beat the teams in front of you. And the, the thing that makes it tricky with me, at least from the national perspective, we talk about goaltending, potentially winning them games and potentially stealing them a playoff series. Seattle has a good team, but their goaltending has not been great yeah. this season. Both of their guys in Grubauer, Philip Grubauer, Martin Jones, uh, allowing three goals a game. Both of them, their save percentage under 900. I mean, they, they can have good games here and there. They can have those flash-in-the-pan performances. But, it, I mean, if you s- compare that tandem to other tandems across the league, and especially here in this playoff race, I just don't like how they stack up. I think, you know, Winnipeg has Connor Hellebuck. Nashville has UC Soros. And Calgary, kind of in a similar situation where their goaltending has been very shaky. But I, I feel like I would take Calgary's tandem over Seattle's at, at this point in the season. And, and so I feel like for me... That's that's the huge question mark. Is can they get performances from their netminders that can help drive and push them forward? Because we know the offense can get it done. Mm-hmm. Vince Dunn, Jared McCann, Jordan Eberly, Maddie Beniers. I mean, they have the players and the, and the pieces to move on offense, but they also can give up quite a bit at certain times. And so that that's really kind of the make or break for me. And, and you know, a team like Nashville, they have good goaltending, but they're not the best goal scoring team. So you might have to find yourselves in back to back goalie battles there that that's really the big question for me is can those guys step up and can they have a few leaders step up in terms of skaters to help push this team towards the playoffs the
0: injury issues in the crease also started this off season when chris Dreger went down with a mm-hmm. torn acl quickly before we uh, wrap up today's episode dane uh who wins the calder veneers or johnson
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably going to be maddie veneers he's a great player he's at 50 points Wyatt johnston only at 35 but white johnston does lead rookies in goals with 20 and, and I'm sure he's good that both guys are going to be looking to get a goal tonight. You mentioned they play each other in Dallas should be uh, hopefully a good game. Hopefully one of the stars can find a way to win to distance themselves a little bit from the wild and, and avalanche. They're getting a little close for my liking, but I, I'd love to see Johnston at least get a, a finalist nod. Uh, I know that, you know, the the media has probably had their mind made up since Christmas that Beneers is going to win the award and he, he probably should win it. He's, he's a great player but Wyatt Johnston as well. I feel like no one was talking about him coming into the season except Dallas media. And now here he is 19 years old with 20 goals. So that that's something that they should consider. He has more goals uh, than his age. so <laughs> in, in his rookie campaign, uh, which is pretty insane to me.
0: Which <laughs> nowadays as well would be very difficult for Yamir Yager. But either way, <laughs> let's wrap up today's episode of Locked On NHL. Dane, where can the people find you?
1: Yeah, they can find me in the same places as always. If you want more information on the stars at Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter, you can search for the podcast on YouTube or your podcasting platform of choice. And you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. And. That's about it. That's about all the places you can find me, Brett. What about you?
0: <laughs> you can find me personally at The Real Holden 40. That's on Instagram, Twitter. I think even my AOL username is that. But either way, you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers, and you can find Locked On Oilers on YouTube at Locked On Oilers. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you doing? you're getting a Jack Campbell jerseys who, who has in their right mind a Jack Campbell Jersey right now. And yes, that's a Texas stars Jersey. And you can also find the Twitter at the, uh, at locked on Oilers, excuse me. Uh, fantastic meme account not even meme account but during games <laughs> i have the best gifts in the game all righty let's wrap up today's episode of locked on nhl western conference tuesdays thank you so much for joining us here as i smack around my microphone that shows it's enough that's going to be my metaphorical way of a mic drop see you, everybody <laughs>